morning, Mark. Welcome. Come on in. We we uh, we should have coffee and donuts showing up here. Um, so it's good to see everybody. Let's pray. We're gonna have to jump in and get started, and because uh, we have to end on time, so we have to start on time. So I'm gonna go ahead and and pray, and then <clears throat> the way it's gonna work this morning, guys. Uh, we're going, we're going to do a group discussion this morning. Okay. We'll break up into groups. It looks like we got good size for a couple groups here. And then, and then in the end, I'd like the groups to kind of present what you came up with. But before we break up into groups, I'm going to cover a little bit, just righteous, some helps on righteousness to get things started. So, uh, grab your Bibles and, and, uh, Let's pray that we would have readiness of mind because you're going to need it because you're going to be working through righteousness and putting it on in your groups. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. I thank you for the men that are gathered here this morning. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would lead us. You are, you know, Christ is the captain of the host for us. And we want to show up rank and file and just say, Lord, here we are. Have your way. Lord, what you show us, we will do. Um, God, we believe we have your word. We know we have your spirit. And as the body of Christ, God, this morning, we just, we need to hear from you. So Father, would you speak to us? I pray that as we do kind of a discovery Bible method approach this morning, that you would just, Lord, hit us all where we're at and help us to move forward in the way we need to go. We love you. We thank you and pray all this in Jesus name. Amen. So this is week 11 of the Onward Christian Soldiers series. Oh, hey, can you put those right? Right over there, be perfect, man. Thank you. Okay, the donuts and coffee have arrived. Go, go ahead and just listen as you go get your treats over there if you want it. Um, okay, week eleven. We have learned we have a spiritual enemy. Okay, once you are saved, <laughs> you didn't know it maybe, but you enlisted in the Lord's army. And you are either a soldier or a civilian. Well, gentlemen, you are soldiers. Okay, and you have a spiritual enemy. You're like, well, I didn't sign up for that. Well, you actually, you did. You just didn't know it. Okay. You were shanghaied by the Lord into the Lord's army. And, man, you were created for that. So before you get mad about that, this is what you daydream about. This is, this is who you are in the inner man, you are in the Lord's army. So listen, soldiers, not civilians, you have a spiritual enemy and the spiritual enemy, we looked behind the scenes, we glimpsed behind the spiritual curtain, we saw the enemy and we realized he is too much for us, but he's not too much for the Lord. And this spiritual enemy requires spiritual armor. So we talked about girding ourselves with truth, putting on the belt of truth. Last week and this week, we're talking about righteousness. It's the same verse. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. That was last week. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. And that is the topic for this week. Did you put on your breastplate of righteousness this morning after you got up and before you started your day? That, well, I don't know. Well, that's a good question. We're going to work through that today because soldier you need this piece of armor to stand against the enemy so let's 
figure out how to arm ourselves for the battle in which we're engaged. Amen. You guys with me? Anybody? Anybody want to start standing against the enemy a little bit better? I know I do. Getting your tail kicked by the enemy? Ain't that fun? Let's learn how to armor up, guys. Okay, so we're going to be working through some questions, but before we do that, I just want to talk about righteousness because that's a big topic. It's kind of a complicated topic, and, and you can get lost in it if we just start without a foundation. So righteousness, regarding righteousness, here's the bottom of your handout. Okay, helps regarding righteousness. Number one, positionally speaking, so just in terms of spiritual reality and who you are in Christ, righteousness is the finished work of Christ. Finished work is what goes in the blank. Imputed to the believer through faith. What's imputed mean? Put upon. Added to your account. You have it. So you have, positionally speaking, righteousness. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in God's eyes, you are righteous. That's your position you're starting from, not the position you're trying to get to. Most of Christian activity that's based in insecurity is people trying to get to a place of righteousness, and they don't know they already have it. We start from this position of spiritual reality. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. If you, if you have not tasted of the power of God in terms of your salvation, then you, you need to do that today in your small group. Hey, I need that. What, what's that look like? Ask someone in your small group. For therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God, that's our topic for today, revealed from faith to faith. Righteousness comes through faith. That is, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So faith, now righteousness just comes through believing. This positional righteousness, the finished work of Christ, gets imputed unto my life, to me, through my faith. Ephesians 4.24 says, the new man, okay, the new me, the saved me, which after God is created in righteousness. You, if you are saved, were created in righteousness. That's the positional reality. In Romans chapter 3, actually, let's turn there real quick. It's worth it to go to a few verses here just to get our, make sure we have our heads around this. Because a lot of times people think righteousness comes through works. That's what religious people kind of do. But, but in Romans chapter 3, look at verse 21 through 26. Paul is declaring the new, the, the, this new mystery, this thing that wasn't seen before. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Oh, we get to see the righteousness now, which doesn't come through the law. It's witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe. For there is no difference. There's no, no difference in terms of righteousness, whether you come from a religious background or you come from a non-religious background. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? If so, you have the righteousness of God that's been imputed unto you. 
Romans 4. Flip, just, just look at the next chapter. Using Abraham as an example, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. The chapter goes on and looks at Abraham and then in verse 20 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, he, God, was able also to perform and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Wow, good job, Abraham. Okay, read on. Verse 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed. What shall be imputed? Righteousness shall be imputed to us if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. If you believe in Christ, the righteousness of God is imputed to you. Believer, that is our starting point. So when I put on the breastplate of righteousness, by the way, I'm dressed in my India garb today so that we'll remember to pray for our brothers and sisters in India who are undergoing COVID. The, the vast majority of the billion people in India don't have access to modern healthcare like we do. Okay? Our brothers and sisters in Christ who were kicked out of the caste system when they accepted Christ, don't have access to that. Okay, so they're do, dealing with that. They can't go to work. Everything's shut down. They have no food. They can't get health care. And now persecution against believers is ratcheted up during this time when the government isn't going to do anything anyway. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, Pastor Pradeep, Pastor Ganesh, Pastor Christodos, Pastor Praveen, and all their church planters and people that, that are going out. We be praying for them. If God's put it on your heart to support them, now would be a good time to support them financially. But anyway, that's why I'm dressed like a girl, as, as Tim as Tim stated. I know, you're just kidding. I'm just kidding. Too. Okay, when I put on that breastplate of righteousness, I'm putting on a finished work. I don't have anything to prove anymore. I'm not trying to prove to you that I'm righteous. Not trying to earn righteousness anymore, right? You guys get that? You see that? Positionally, it's a finished work. Practically, though, practically righteousness is the faithful. Okay, it means it has to do with faith. It's the way, our way of life. Practically, righteousness is a way of life for the believer that's based on faith in God's word. And that's lived out in our lives through trusting obedience to God's word. Okay, let's look at some verses here. Ephesians 4.24, we just saw that verse. We were created in righteousness, the finished work of Christ. That's our starting place. Okay, now that I am righteous, I think I should live righteous. Put on the new man. Put off the old man. Put on the new man and let's start living like who the Bible says we are. But to do that, I have to go to the Bible, see what it says about the new creature, about this new person that I am. And here's the kicker. It's going to require that we stop living like the old man and start living like the new man. Okay, every once in a while someone gets saved and here's the question they ask. They say, what do I do now? The answer is you need to get discipled, and here's why, okay? Because you know how not to live, but you don't know 
how to live because you're not who you used to be. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. You know how the old creature lives, but you don't know how the new creature lives. We have to now live in faith, obedient to God's word. And you know what that's called? Practically speaking, righteously. I live righteously. 1 Corinthians 15.4 says, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Okay, you know, if you, are you still in Romans in your Bible? Flip over to Romans chapter 6 with me real quick. The entire chapter of Romans chapter 6 is pretty much describing the finished work of Christ. And this is what we read. It says, you know, Christ... In verse, uh, let's see, verse 9. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died once unto sin, but he lives, he lives unto God. Jesus doesn't die again every time you sin. Jesus died once, he rose, he seated at the right hand of the Father. And Paul says, you need to likewise Think of yourself as dead and yet alive. You're dead to sin, okay? You're dead to sin, just like Jesus was dead, but then he rose again. So reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive Christ our Lord, verse 11. And then look at verse 13. Neither yield ye unrighteousness don't don't live unrighteously or alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness so practically speaking i live righteously as i stop doing things my way and i start doing things god way and it's just trustful obedience you know doing things your way doesn't work Stop it. <laughs> Stop doing what doesn't work, okay? And let's just start doing things God's way. We trusted in ourselves. When I was the Lord of my own life, the consequences brought me to repentance. And God said this. He's ready, ready. Here's what God told me. You done yet? I'm like, yes. Lord, I'm done. I've had enough of the Lordship of Chris. It doesn't work. I'm ready to surrender control of my life to the Lordship of God. He's like, oh, that's really good. Okay, you're already righteous. You, you know that. I didn't know that. He had to show me that. But then he's like, look, quit trying so hard and just start doing what I say. Quit trying to be good. Get out of Romans chapter 7. Just trust me. Okay, finally, personally speaking, righteousness is the fellowship walk. What's that mean? Well, finished work, positional reality, faithful way is our practical living out every day, doing things God's way, not my way. And that is, practically speaking, righteousness as I live it out. It's Christ in me. It's not me. I'm not trusting in my own righteousness, but the righteousness which is by faith, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. If you've been part of our Bible studies, you're familiar with that. Okay, but, but then personally speaking, I can look at this, and I can look at this, and I should, and get great doctrinal understanding. And I can give intellectual assent to what the Bible says and say, yes, I agree with what the... Okay, but what about personally? What about my relationship with God? What about my personal peace? 
What about love and joy and hope? And what about an, a, a river? Let's undam the, the river of the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be an overflow out of our lives. What about my personal relationship with God? Okay, righteousness has to do with that. Personally speaking, my fellowship with God, my walk with God personally, okay, has to do with righteousness. And, and let's look at some verses. Proverbs 8.20 I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. Here is God through his word and through wisdom leading us in righteousness. Okay, let me ask you a question. If you go with him, if you follow, it's like, hey guys, come on, I'm going this way, and we start walking this way. And if you come with me, we're together. you don't come with me, are we walking together? Are we abiding? If God's going this way and you go that way, are you walking with God? No, you're not. Are you abiding with God? No, you're not. Are you fellowshipping with God? No, you're not. God says, I lead in the way of righteousness. Come, trust me. Come, follow me. Come see what I do. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And sometimes, guys, listen, we blow it. Sometimes God is leading us in the way of righteousness and we dig our feet in. I don't want to give up this thing in my life. I don't want to give up that relationship. I don't want to give up that chemical. I don't want to give up my dependence upon this or that. And so all of a sudden, God's like, I'm leading, you're not following. There's a problem with our fellowship with God. Yes, you have positional righteousness that's imputed unto you. Your salvation is not in jeopardy here. But your walk isn't reflecting who God is. It's not a faithful walk. It's not going to turn out well. No one's going to come to Christ because of it. But the biggest tragedy, listen, the biggest tragedy is you're not walking with God. He leads in righteousness. We need to follow in righteousness. And that is the basis of our fellowship. Does that make sense? We've got a few more verses. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I won't be lacking anything. Because he is my shepherd. How does that work? Well, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And as long as he's my shepherd and I'm following, I end up in that good place. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. And all we have to do is follow our shepherd in the paths of righteousness to end up in that good place. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. See, circumstances don't dictate my peace and my joy anymore because I'm just following the Lord. Even in the midst of that, I have this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, that sounds good. 2 Corinthians 6, 14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? Our fellowship, our communion with each other also, and with the Lord depends on our understanding of positional righteousness and our decision to choose righteousness versus unrighteousness. The world is our mission field. It's not our source of satisfaction. You are either soldiers or civilians. 
it's either a mission field or a battlefield or it's it, it's a shopping mall no it's a it's our mission field do not get sucked into it and listen especially in middle age especially as we get older especially as god prospers us we need to be real careful of this david when he was struggling running for his life fighting battles begging god not knowing if he was going to survive the day or not man that guy god blessed that guy after he was prospered he wasn't going to battle anymore and he gets up off his bed in the evening what sleeping during the day and then and then he uses his position to look down and, and at pornography of someone else's wife and then he it, prosperity enables self-will be careful philippians 3 8 to 10 yea doubtless and i count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of jesus christ my lord paul says for whom i have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that i may win christ his goal is the fellowship with christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That's what we're talking about. Positional righteousness, but also in terms of fellowship, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformed to the, to the uh, conformable unto his death. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to break up into groups. Um, it looks like we have a group there, a group here, and I'll go over here and we'll have a group here. I want you to take the next about 20 to 30 minutes and just work through these questions on your own, Bill.